On today's show, we have Gina Frontino, a food safety and quality manager, a 2016 graduate of the University of Vermont. This is a really exciting show because Gina has a very interesting story. She's very well connected with her faculty and she's very tenacious. And that's something that will come across in the interview. And there's also a lot of practical advice for everybody who's listening. Reach out to the resources that you have. Be clear about what you want. And in the end, we tell the story about how Gina's financial advisor actually put her in touch with someone to help her land the job that she has today. So let's dive right in. A lot of good stuff today. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Gina. I'm happy to have you. Hey, happy to be here, John. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited about our conversation today. So why don't you start by just introducing yourself, where you're from, what year you graduated UVM, what your major was, and what you're working on today. Great. Yep. So I'm originally from West Middlesex, Pennsylvania. It's just a small town in Western PA. And I went to UVM and graduated in 2016 um, with a bachelor's in nutrition and food science. I focused more on the food science side of that degree. And after that, I went right into my master's degree in nutrition and food science as well, but more as a focus in food safety microbiology. And I finished that in 2019. So now I started a job in Hudson, Ohio, which isn't too far away from my hometown, as a food safety and quality assurance manager at a startup company for a fully automated hydroponic lettuce facility. That sounds really amazing. And so before we dive into your origin story and start to figure out how you ended up there, this is actually a question uh, students submitted. So would you mind just describing a day in your life in your role at your current job? Yep. So because this is a startup, it's um, not your typical quality assurance, food safety manager role. But typically I am there to implement and develop a food safety system. Most companies will have you um, strive for like a private certification for standards. So we're doing a safe quality food certification. Um, also, I have to write regulations and protocols for FDA inspections by the state. So what I do is I kind of write these new protocols for our facility. I make sure employees are following them, that they come into work dressed and ready to go in their personal protective equipment. I oversee all of their work instruction. And as also on the side, I am an HR administrator that they gave me to do. <laughs> so I'm learning how to I'm learning how to hire employees and handle their paperwork and their files and answer all of their HR questions. So that's what I, I do at my job. Wow. Okay. So that's really amazing. I mean that that sounds like you are protecting the processes and things that go into producing the food that people end up buying. And that's a really big deal because that's, that's such a hot topic these days. So I definitely oh, yeah. want to unpack that and get into that a little bit more later. But why don't we jump back and why don't we talk about your origin story? How did you end up uh, at the University of Vermont? Yeah, it's funny because I um, I'm snowboarded my whole life and I was on a team in high school and my coaches talked about UVM and some of them went there and I was like, oh, I have to go there. So I went, I visited the school and I just fell in love with the lake and the mountains and the atmosphere and the community Vermont had and just the college is beautiful. So it was like my goal to only go to UVM. 
So I really only applied there. (laughs) And um, my goal was to like go there, join their snowboard team, the college snowboard team and like, and just like live in Vermont. So I just really loved the atmosphere of it. Yeah. (laughs) And, And did you end up joining the snowboard team at UVM? I did. That was the first thing I went to at our um, club, like the freshmen have like a club day where they walk around and see all the university clubs and organizations. And I signed my name up. I went right to the tent. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I was all about it. It was cool. That's really cool. And so did you know what your major was going to be going in? Yeah, I was fully confident in being a chemist. And I found out that wasn't for me very quickly. You know, they have you sign up for these advanced classes when you are in a major for weeding students out, which I think is kind of crappy, but that happened to me. I took an advanced chemistry class my first semester. I got weeded out real fast. So I had to actually, my second semester, I had to figure out what I would want to do next. So I actually changed my major and I was behind a lot of classes. I changed my major to food science. nutrition and food science randomly because a family member was doing it at Penn State but it was the best decision I made and it's okay to fail because it just shows you a different door so I took that opportunity I changed into a new major and I took 18 credits like almost every semester to catch up but I I did it and you know it's possible so like it happens if you don't know what you want to do but Um, you find it along the way. I'm glad you called that out because it it is true. And especially it it also happens in your career where one door might be closed, but you go and find another. So you want to go in, you want to be a chemist. And where did that come from? How how did you decide that coming into school that you wanted to be a chemist? My cousin, she was a chemist for Arm & Hammer. And I just like thought she was so cool. And I want to be a scientist. And I watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. And I wanted to be a doctor. And all, all these <laughs> right, right. funny, yeah, like, you know, when you're young, you don't know any what your future entails. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to be in um, some kind of applicable science. So I did find my way into the sciences, um, a different route. And that's a little bit, yeah. um, I think food science is really applicable. And it's really cool. And a lot, a lot of people know about it. Um, it's still challenging, but it's not like hardcore like chemistry. You're more working with what you eat every day and the science of recipes. And um, yeah. yeah, it was really cool, really fun. For sure. And that is definitely something that has become bigger because I think people are paying more attention to the, where their food comes from, the quality of that food. And it's being talked about quite a bit in terms of the obesity epidemic and, and things like that. So I, and it, I find it really interesting. So you get into this major and it does align like it, like a lot of those things are really similar. Did you have an idea of what you were going to do after school or were you just like, Hey, this is interesting. So I'm going to take these classes and see where it goes. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I started off taking like your random classes, but I started taking like beer class and learning a little bit about the science of fermentation and that was really cool and then we have to take a food microbiology class and that was just like it I loved microbiology it wasn't as hard as chemistry because it was easier to understand and you can apply the science of microbiology to like create foods like cheese and beer and wine and it's so cool how like these living organisms are used to like create flavor and texture of our food I'm so into it and I found out that we had an advisor at UVM who does a master's 
her PhD degree. And um, so I got in touch with her through my advisor um, so I could actually keep studying microbiology and food because I knew I wanted to do something with that when I graduated. And so how did that, because I like to unpack these things for students. So did you reach out to your advisor and say, hey, you know, I, I found this out. Would you help me connect with this other person? Like, what did that look like? Oh, yeah. Well, it was nice because our major was kind of small. So you had the same professors. And I just tried so hard to make connections with my professors through um, the four years I was an undergrad, just by always going to their office hours or going to them and asking them questions. Another thing was asking for internships, if they had any connections. Like, the more you talk to your professors and the more they get to know your name, where they can call your name out in class, is really important, I think, because it helps you because he actually did the um, PhD degree with this advisor, Dr. Donnelly. And he is really close with her. And he was like, oh, yeah, you could talk to her. Um, He was helping me look at other colleges where he had students become professors and like department heads at other master's degrees, like at UConn. So he was my in for a lot of places. Dr. Todd is his name. And he just really helped me get into the UVM program, linking me with Dr. Donnelly. Um, So just because I made that relationship with him, I... And I had a meeting with her and I mean, my GPA was really low and I wasn't a great student, but because I was persistent and wanted it, they let me in on an assistantship and everything. So a GPA and paper doesn't always have to be perfect. Sometimes it's about who you know and how bad you want it. (laughs) So So I actually had a class with Dr. Todd. I took a a beer brewing class and they still had that. And he's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, which is that that was awesome. But he was a really cool guy. And he was very approachable. So there's a nugget in there where you just said about building that relationship with your professors to the point where they know your name, that is going to help you because you don't know what opportunities they might have. And I mean, I'm in the similar boat, like I didn't have the best GPA, but I had tenacity, which is what Mm -hmm. you had. And that helped you to get into this master's program. So so, you, you know, you finish undergrad, you get into this master's program. What what happens next? Yeah, so I started the master's degree and that entailed a lot of, it was like 30% classes and the rest was all lab work and research. And I was just ready to go. I wanted to know my project, wanted to get started. And so I worked on my thesis research for two years and took some classes. And when you're in your master's like that, you can't really focus on classes and taking classes to help you learn more. You kind of just have to focus on like your research and have that help you gain skills. When you're in a master thesis, you have to have a committee. So again, I had to make relationships with professors or faculty to then be on my committee because you can't just ask someone random that you don't know. It's not a good idea. (laughs) So I um became close with uh, just a standard microbiology um, MMG professor because I took both of his classes Um, and he was on my committee and he was very helpful but I had uh, and this is important for students to know we have university has an extensions office I'm not sure if you're familiar with that but I reached out yeah it's awesome because they're actually faculty members affiliated with our university who are in real world jobs and have connections and 
and they like his name's Omar and he's the food food science university extension and he's a consultant and works for all these like food safety things and I asked him to be on my committee and now he is my consultant at my real job which is really cool so you can go to the university extensions and try and find someone who's in your area of study or whatever and you can use them as a resource to kind of help you find maybe a job or internship opportunities give you advice so that's a really good resource you um, uvm has that not a lot of people know about <laughs> yeah so how, how did you end up finding out about that i think the phd student i was working with she mentioned his name and dr donnelly my advisor kind of talked about him being like a good person. So again, you really just got to talk to people. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah, like you just have to be open-minded in school, talk to everybody, tell people your dreams, like what you want. And there'll be someone there who will be able to lead the way or kind of help you find your way. Um, But I think the more open you are, the better you'll do. (laughs) I could not agree more. And, And what you just said there, again, it's really important is, to say what your dreams are, because if, if you're actively talking about the goal that you have and someone hears about it, they're more equipped to help you. You have to help them help you because if, if I'm working yeah. with you and I don't necessarily know what you want to do, I can't put you in touch with the right people. But when you know, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm interested in. And you learn that by going into school for, for chemistry and then you make a switch and then there's some courses that you really like. And then you're building relationships with your professors and you get into this master's and you're still continuing to do that. And so you're still building these relationships, which I think is really awesome. So what happens when you finish the program? What's next after that? Yeah, so I finished my master's and then you graduate and you're like, oh, now what? You always had a plan, you know, (laughs) Went, went to undergrad and then you went right into like a graduate degree. Or in undergrad, sometimes you have a few months before you graduate to apply to a job. Well, while writing your thesis and doing master's work, it's really hard to look for a job. So you kind of just have to finish it. And then you got to take a few months to like job search. And I thought, okay, I got this master's. I have some internship experience because I did like two internships throughout college or three internships. And I was like, I'm going to get a job immediately. What I want, where I want, like it's not going to be hard. Well, that's not true. <laughs> it took, you know, I applied six months. I had like one and a half interviews, maybe a few phone interviews. But I wanted, you know, to be in management. And I believe that that's where I should have been. I even applied to tech jobs in the industry. I applied to everything that I was qualified for. And I just didn't. I had one interview that like went to talk about offer letter and like my references. And then I didn't get the job because someone had more experience than me. And that's the problem is no matter your degree or how long you've been in school, if you don't have a lot of experience in the working world or in that industry, you're going to get, yeah, you're going to get thrown aside by the person who has at least two or five years of experience. So, right. Right. And that's same thing has happened to me. Like I've gotten to that point where you think, okay, this is a slam dunk. So you just, you have to keep that uh, persistence and you have to have that Mm -hmm. resilience. Stepping back real quick before we get to your new job. So you said you had three internships during school. How did, how, how were you able to get those? How are you connecting with people? What happened there? Yeah. Normally your 
department has a faculty member who's in charge of internships. And that's something you can ask your like department office, who's in charge of internships? Who can I talk to? Like, I want an internship. Because a lot of majors don't require it, but I always tell everyone in school, like any new student, get an internship, no matter what. I don't care if you don't have time, just do it because it's good on your resume. It kind of helps you decide in your area of study or industry that you're going to go work in or career path, if you even like that or not. Because I worked at two different places and it showed me I really didn't want to do that <laughs> in yeah. real life, you know? So, um, yeah, it's important. Talk, yeah, talk to your department office and they will be able to point you to someone who has internship uh, connections or, again, your favorite professor who does work that you align with. They might have connections. Like everyone in Vermont has a connection and it's such a tight knit <laughs> community that it should be no. It should not be hard to get an internship at UVM <laughs> anywhere outside of it, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I worked in undergrad. I had a lab job that turned into an actual job. And then I actually worked at Vermont Creamery for six months. Okay. That is was Land Lakes <laughs> now. So I had those right. two internships, which is, was really cool. But it showed me I did not want to be a quality assurance tech. That's for sure. So. <laughs> that's incredibly important. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. Get an internship and yep. whether it's paid or unpaid, and I, I know it can be hard, but I, so I actually didn't, that's something I didn't do as a student that I wish I did is reach out to mm -hmm. faculty because you're right. They have the connections and the theme of this is you're very proactive and that got you into this master's program and it got you a couple internships. So you had that experience. So, so when we say be clear about what you want, be clear about your dreams, the way that you got there is you had three internships that showed you what you didn't want. So by the time that you were ready to make that statement, you're, you know, like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. So you're applying for all these jobs, you're staying resilient, you're, you know, you get to this offer stage, but then someone else with more experience gets it. What do you, are you doing anything else during that time? I was working at Rev. I was working at Rev. <laughs> At yep, Revend Recycling, yep. um, just I wanted to be an instructor. Um, I did that. And I asked Sarah if she had any more work for me because I couldn't find a job yet. So uh, the owner, Sarah, she's awesome. She just, you know, found me a position, found me some work, you know, got me, got me in there. So I actually think I worked there for a year, but I was out of a job for over six months after I graduated, which is okay. Like it's, yeah, it shouldn't be a discouraging thing. You know, it's, it's a hard world. And it's going to take you a long time to find a job. And if you don't get the first dream job, that's okay. But like, you know, like we keep telling each other in this conversation is you just have to keep trying. And yeah. you literally have to take any opportunity that is given to you because it will lead to something else. Yeah, and that's what sure. I did all through school. It's just, I yeah. took everything. Yeah. <laughs> No, I like it. I, I called out the Rev thing. So that's how you and I met. And yeah, yeah. again, an, another thing that I like to tell people is just leave your dorm, leave your apartment, go Rev Indoor Cycling's right in, in I think it's technically South Burlington, Burlington, whatever. Yep. Um, yep. But that's how you and I got connected. And then you saw this podcast and reach out. And so that even this show is an example of, of that and going out yeah. and meeting people and you're learning a new skill. And so, okay, so you're, so you're at Rev, you're doing this, you know, you, you couple interviews. Now tell me, how did you get connected to the job that you're in? What What's that story? Oh God, it's so funny because I have a financial advisor and he 
always kept in touch with me through college when I would pay for my tuition and everything. And he he asked how the job hunt was going. I told him I didn't get this one job, but I was really interested in this industry. So the job that I didn't get is was a fully automated hydroponic system. Same exact thing that I'm doing in Ohio. I never heard of hydroponics. I never really cared about plants or agriculture. You know, I was all about food microbiology and like chemistry and all that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't care about agriculture. <laughs> and I went to this place in Massachusetts that I had the interview for, and I was just blown away by this industry. Like it's brand new. And I was like, I want to work at a place like this. And I told my financial advisor that I didn't get the job. And he's like, oh, well, there's one opening up here down the road in Ohio. And I was like, no way. And he said, yeah, um, here's the guy's contact information. So I gave my financial advisor my resume and everything. I said, all right, will you tell him that I'm looking for a job? I guess I can come to Ohio. (laughs) I was trying to work in Boston. (laughs) I was never going home. But, you know, it sounded like a good opportunity because it's a startup. And, um, yeah, so it was just like a friend who, again, I just talk to all the time. You know, like, it could be your banker you just talk to. I don't know. I guess I'm just an open book to people. But <laughs> it landed me this job. This guy really liked well, me. Well, hey, looked, it's working out. Yeah, he wasn't even looking for yeah. someone in my position. He didn't even think about it. Um, but I told him. I met the people in Massachusetts and he actually has been working with the guy in Massachusetts small world because they're doing the same exact um, facility and there's only five in the country right now. So it's a small industry right now. So it was just like kind of funny how that happened. <laughs> so that's, it's all about yeah, who you well, know that's, sometimes. That's, yeah. It, it is. That's really important. Your financial advisor. And again, I, I love that you're an open book because that, that helped you, but it, Hopefully it's a lesson for other people because you're, you could have easily, when your financial advisor reached out, you could have easily just said, yeah, things are great. Uh, just looking for a job. Hope you're, hope you're well. I'll talk to you soon. But no, I mean, yeah. you, you shared exactly. And like, what, what are the chances that, you know, another facility is opening up and you're able to get connected. And so again, I, things are working in your favor and it probably helped that you had, I know it probably sucked when, you know, you got to an offer stage with a company, but just being there and interviewing probably helped you when you went to this uh, facility in Ohio. And I yep. also think it's really interesting that this is new technology. It's something that you probably weren't aware of while you were in school, which can happen to us all. Yeah. Like there might be a job that when I started UVM, the iPhone had just been announced and the world was about to change. Wow. And so you're right in that. Like, I, I think that's pretty cool. And so one of the other things that students wanted to know, and I'm just curious because you yeah. worked at Rev, you were on the snowboard team during those interviews. Uh, did you mention, or at least conversations, did you talk about your extracurricular activities in school at all? Did that come up? Yeah, it did sometimes because I used those extracurricular activities as like leadership examples or just like being able to work on a team and be like a team player, work with people. I was an officer on the snowboard team. So I had to like be able to talk to the team members and like kind of lead them through things. And I was also in a sorority at UVM. So that like kind of taught me confidence and how to talk to people. So how to be in an organization, um, I think is really important if you are in a club or something to use that in your interviews to show that, you know, you're not just someone who can spit out information you like can you're a people person you can work with people you can be a team player and 
right now that's so important in the work industry is like team players using we, not I. Um, mm-hmm. So I made sure to use that a lot as examples yeah. from my extracurricular activities. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you answering that. That's really great. And for students out there uh, who ask this, companies will often ask behavioral questions. And those are something like, tell me about a time when you had a conflict with a person and how did you resolve it? Because you just nailed it. You know, we work with other people and communication is so important. And mm-hmm. I find it interesting that now you're in an HR role as well. And that's, <laughs> that is all about communication and how to handle people professionally. And so I'm sure that you're calling some of your experience from those extracurricular activities to help with that. But yeah. could you talk a little bit about like, so they, so they give this to you. I mean, what do you do to prepare or like, how do you, do you just kind of learn it every day and, and keep going? Like you talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I'm very lucky because we use paychecks. If anyone's out there ever heard of paychecks, um, it's kind of like a, they do like payroll and everything, but they also have HR consultants. So I was very lucky that my boss um, agreed to having this HR consultant. So the woman I just talk to every day, and again, I'm an open book and I just tell her what's wrong. I ask her questions and she answers them for me. And that helps me with HR stuff. When it comes to the food science stuff and how I prepare for that and the food safety, I have to learn how to find the answer. So in college, that's all we do is find the answer, right? Like that's what you take from going, gain education at a higher level. Um, You literally learn how to use Google. So (laughs) I Google every day. I I read a lot. Um, Thankfully, I have my professors. Again, I lean on them so much. I contact my advisor. I actually hired my committee member, Omar, from the UVM Extensions as my consultant to um, obtain the certification for our company, which is so cool because he's just like helping me so much. And we have a great relationship and I just met him at school. So that is another example as why you should like really reach out to your faculty because they can help you after college. (laughs) Yeah. I, Uh, this, I love this episode. Like you, by far, I think you've had the most contact with faculty in terms of your career. So this, it's such a nice story, but you also really nailed it too with the, like being able to Google things and find the answer because a lot of what I see and you're doing this really well uh, is people tend to lean on others and, you know, ask them a question or they don't try to solve the problem first. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that proactively, you know, where you're seeking out those answers, educating yourself. So I, I think that that's, that's going to set you up for success in the future for sure. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. Well, I don't have anyone to lean on. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. most of the time, actually, everyone's coming to me for answers because we aren't, we're in a food industry. So everything that like my supervisors do um they actually asked me first because they're like well is this up to code or you know is this in a regulation and and I have to sometimes just say I don't know and it's okay if you don't know the answer um at any time and this is another thing to tell students like you know or people who are in a new industry or coming out of college like it's okay not to know like don't let that discourage you just like take the time think about your resources and use them. You know, you don't have to know everything, especially at a job. Like if you don't know something, it's okay to say that you don't know. Um, And I learned that really fast. (laughs) So just, yeah, take that um, as some advice that it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, 
again, another really important point. Uh, same thing for me. Like I finally learned how to say, no, I, I don't know this. We need to go get more data or I need to do some research. That shows a level of maturity yeah. uh, when you're in an organization and people that will, that will be noticed uh, for sure. Is there anything yeah. else that you, any other advice or any other experiences that you, you know, wanted to share or talk about? Um, well, again, like how you said, um, I know we want to talk about how to get out of your dorm or your apartment, or if you move somewhere new, um, join any kind of club, go join a gym and just talk to people because yeah, the more you feel confident in your home or in your community, the better you'll do at your job or at life really. Cause like joining Rev and meeting you and everybody else and like being part of that community, like just, I thrived in Burlington. I just had so much fun and like, I'm still carrying those relationships like as right now as an example. Um, so join a club or go out there and meet people, um, book club, anything. I was just like, I tell that to everybody. It will help yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 I, I couldn't agree more. Are there any clubs or anything, any new gyms uh, that you're going to in, in Ohio? Uh, and that's where I'm trying so hard. Um, there's like a cycle bar, but it's really hard because you know what? You got to go to like a gym where you're doing partner work. And that's yeah. what Rev just like, oh my God, they just know how to do it because they make you work with people. And that's how you start talking to people. <laughs> so like, yep. yeah, you can go join a cycling gym, but you don't talk to anybody. So right. go to like a group fitness class where you're forced to like work with somebody or like, you know, touch their hand. <laughs> <laughs> you need right. human interaction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's an yeah. important distinction because some people, yeah. you know, they, they will say, well, oh, I, yeah, I'm part of this club or that club, but it, it doesn't, it's not conducive to actually having conversations with other people. So you're hundred percent right. Like you yeah. might be at, at like your local gym, but everybody has headphones in. So maybe consider, you know, a gym where you do partner workouts or you do group fitness because that can help you establish your social life, but there's also that networking piece. So no, I, yep. I think that, that that's really important. Great. Well, okay. I'm so glad that you came on here. This was a really great conversation because it was, you know, we had a lot of really good stuff, uh, students and alumni that you're doing. Yep. So, so awesome job. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the seventh episode of How We Got Here, UVM Stories with Gina Frontino. Again, I really enjoyed this conversation. And we've got a lot more episodes coming for you. So please consider subscribing to the podcast. We're now on eight different listening platforms. So whatever platform you're on, if you have the ability to leave a rating or review, we would love that. If you have any questions that you'd like me to ask guests on the show or you'd like to participate in the show in, in some way, uh, send me an email at T-O-R-R-E-Y dot J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at gmail.com. That's Tori.Jonathan at gmail.com. Have a great day.